0: to answer power with power. The Jedi way, this is not. Look, A Jedi?
1: A Jedi?
0: He's another Jedi.
1: Kill the Jedi. In this war, a danger there is of losing who we are. Great, now you hurt his feelings.
2: Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. Hello there. And Drew
1: Shepard. Greetings, Sky Guy.
2: <laughs> you know, I hate a so good nickname.
1: <laughs> Snips.
2: <laughs> I just, they're all so stupid. Just like, uh, it, it's, it's not like a reference to anything, you know? It's just like, what's the dumbest thing I can think of that I could say and call this person? Relative to who they are. Um, she's got, let's see, we got, I wrote, actually wrote some of them down this time. She calls our C3PO, she calls him Goldie. I'm like, oh, that's so creative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, the baby job of the hut, you remember she called him stinky because he stinks. Like, come on. Uh, Rexster, he his name's Rex. Yeah. All right. Sky guy, Lizardo is what she calls the guy in the, the scavenger ship. Do you remember? Um, just, I, I, just, I don't like it, but you know, I, I guess I do that in my own life. I call my son, just nicknames. I don't ever call him Luke. And Isn't then she's like 13. She's 14.
0: 14. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. 14. I guess it's important. <laughs> okay. So this first arc that we watched, uh, the rescue of R2D2, I guess I should just in case it'd be weird, but I guess if we had a first time listener that just happens to start on The Clone Wars week three. Maybe I should summarize what we're doing. We're watching through the Clone Wars cartoon together. And, um, we are doing it in chronological order. Uh, that can be found on the starwars.com website. And then we are, we're, we're addressing it and and discussing it arc by arc. So an arc consists of maybe two or three episodes at a time. We found a website that organizes it. I found a website that organizes everything by arc. And then we go through, um, just a few arcs each week, um, up to, up to seven or eight episodes a week. Uh, Max, and then we discuss whatever happened in that arc um, as we watched through together. So this week we watched uh, three arcs, The Rescue of R2-D2, The Capture of Newt Gunray, and The Dooku Duology. So The Rescue of R2-D2 was episodes 106 and 107, The Downfall of a Droid and Duel of the Droids. So, uh, quick summary, we learned that General Grievous has been causing a lot of issues for the Jedi. Um, he's winning battle after battle against the Republic. Um, and then finally, Anakin stands his ground against him, even though he's outnumbered, but he outflanks him and is able to defeat him. Um, but he ends up losing R2D2 in the process. And so he goes after R2D2 looking for him, but he keeps getting thwarted because the new droid that he's got keeps making quote unquote mistakes. An uh, R3 unit, I guess, supposedly an improvement over the R2 units is, is what we're supposed to think there, I assume. Uh, R2-D2 has actually been captured by a scavenger but he gets delivered by that scavenger to General Grievous and then he is in that process able to send out a signal that leads them to uh, the battle sphere that General Grievous is in at the time. So they sneak into the battle sphere but it's a trap because R3 is in fact a double agent planted by General Grievous somehow into the uh, um, what do you call him, the Republic forces and, and and so I don't know how General Grievous did that but but somehow he's able to get uh, get this droid planted in as a, as a double agent. So anyway, at some point Anakin gets let's see, they sneak in but it's a trap and then so Ahsoka ends up facing off against General Grievous while the while Rex leads the clones to set charges to blow up the place. General Grievous ends up beating Ahsoka in their lightsaber battle but she does get away. Um, but when Anakin is overwhelmed by droids, he tells Rex to go ahead and blow the charges that they've been setting and, uh, they end up getting away, fleeing the station and R2-D2 is saved. Is that a good enough summary? Yeah. You can really start spanning those Absolutely.
0: two episodes. What'd you guys think? So I was, uh, I lost patience with the droid very quickly. Uh, R3, I was like, they, they definitely needed to just like reprogram the guy. Uh, the first mistake he made I was like this is too uh, too much of a liability and so that bothered me for a while until I found out he was a uh, a double agent droid
1: yep yep I was exact same thought process there John I was I was annoyed from the first mistake I was like well R2-D2 wouldn't make this mistake so let's just scrap it Um, we briefly touched on this before but the interaction between Ahsoka and Anakin and how she is literally the perfect Padawan for Anakin. Both are so completely reckless. And especially in this first episode, um, downfall of a droid Uh, right at the beginning, you know, when Obi-Wan was on the hologram saying, no, you shouldn't do this. And he's like, oh, it's okay. I'll do it anyway. You know, (laughs) and Ahsoka's right there with him agreeing. Um, It was just like, wow, this is, this is the perfect Padawan for Anakin, you know, and maybe Obi-Wan in the back of his mind is thinking, I hope she gives you the stress that you give me. And maybe you get a taste of your own medicine a little bit.
2: Yeah. I liked in that part, how he said, uh, you should listen to your Padawan. And he said, like you did master. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Cause he's not a Padawan anymore. But he was so they have an interesting little reference to their relationship there. Uh, I did a little more research on, uh, sort of rankings within the Jedi uh hierarchies and that sort of thing and it does it does seem like anakin is definitely under obi-wan um i actually found a found a website that went over it i'm not gonna pull it up right now but i i think you start out as a initiate which is somebody who's a candidate to become a padawan and then you become a padawan eventually and then once you pass all your trials is that i guess you go from initiate to youngling maybe I don't know. The younglings are, I guess, universal across races, so I'm not quite sure exactly how that works. But you become a Padawan, you become a um, then you become an actual Jedi, but I think you come in as maybe just a Jedi Knight initially. And then once you become good enough as a Jedi Knight, I think there's some other stages in between, but eventually you get up to the rank of Master and then certain Jedi Masters eventually become Counselors and sit on the Jedi Council and then there is, uh, I can't remember what it is, but there's one rank above council. It's like the head of all Jedis. So um, that is Yoda right now. Yoda is that, that top, top-notch top Jedi, the head of the Council um, of all the Jedi. So there's some hierarchy. So I guess I guess uh, I kept wondering if, if there was an indication that maybe there was some more equality among Jedis in this episode, but eventually I, I looked it up and, and figured out that there is that hierarchy there. What you guys think of Gannacht? He was the scavenger.
1: He got what was coming to him. <laughs> I mean, you know, you work with the separatists. What do you think is going to happen? And uh, I'm not going to jump into the next two arcs away. But, you know, what the pirate said was true. And clearly the scavenger um, didn't know that message or heed that message. But um, I thought he was really careless, honestly. How many times R2-D2 was able to, I mean, maybe that was just ingenuity on R2's part, but he seemed to break free and managed to get communication to the outside. What, three times, I think, in the arc? So I just, like, either he's a really careless <laughs> uh, scavenger or r two just really ingenuitive or you know, maybe a combination of both.
0: Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I- you know, in my mind, it was well. R 2s R two special, right? Uh, he he makes decisions that other droids wouldn't make. Uh, he's got a he's got a different personality, and that's kind of that's kind of the way I justified it in my head. How he kept making these mistakes is that a normal droid? You put the restraining boot on him, and they just sit there. Uh, but not R two. He's never had his memory wiped. Uh, he's been through a lot of different battles. He he kind of has learned how to. Uh, how to function in this uh, more chaotic uh, environment than your, your average droid would. But at least that's how I justified it in, in my mind with, with how he gets out of this situation and others that uh, you see in the movies. Sure. Uh, And it was kind of a
2: interesting, I didn't think about it till just now, but think about the restraining bolt and that's, there's a reference to restraining bolts made in episode four and in episode four, R2-D2 runs off, right? He gets his,
0: removed somehow doesn't he and runs away I'm not sure exactly how that yeah when uh, when Luke is pulling it off when the message comes off across Leia um, and then once he's got that off that's when he runs away oh okay so I guess he just forgot to
2: put it back on or something like that uh, okay uh, Ganak, I want to go back to him because um, I just happened to cross this uh, very minor character but he was voiced by you guys know who Ron Perlman is
0: the voice was very familiar. I, I knew I had heard it somewhere else. Ron Perlman um, was the voice
2: and, you know, pretty famous actor there. So
0: I thought that was else? What else is Ron Perlman in? Uh, let me look it up. Because I knew the voice. I, I was trying to place it with another cartoon um, because I knew I had heard that before.
2: Yeah, it didn't seem. He's the guy, he kind of looks like Thanos, you know? He's not like a lot of people think. Thanos is played by Ron Perlman because <laughs> he's got that big, that like big chin, that kind of big face.
1: Hellboy. He did Hellboy.
2: Hellboy. Oh did you look it up? Yeah. Was Hellboy. That's right. And some other stuff. He's he's in a lot of things. You would recognize him here. You know?
1: He was in Tangled, but I'm yeah. not sure what he played in Tangled.
2: Yeah, I don't know. but pretty famous guy. Mm. Um, anyway, I just thought it was interesting that somebody that. I don't know, maybe he's maybe he's not as famous as I as I think, but I think of him as a pretty famous actor voicing such a minor role, and I'm pretty sure that's all he does in this whole cartoon. It's not like he's in and doing a bunch of bunch of different roles or anything, just like a little one off small role that he did. So found that interesting. Um oh, I noticed General Grievous was coughing in these episodes.
1: Mm-hmm, yep.
2: hmm Wrong about my theory. Yeah, I noticed that too.
0: I was a little bit
2: disappointed because I was hoping we'd figure out why he coughs, but
0: it wasn't, it wasn't really extreme as it is in the movies yet. It was just uh, like a almost a clearing his throat a couple of times. He's just a coffin,
2: coffin droid person who,
0: who apparently hates being called a droid but actually called himself a droid
2: in this episode. Did y'all notice that? That bothered me. I was like, no, I remember him getting pretty upset about being called a droid before. And he says, at one point, he says, we're all droids here. I was just yeah. like, that's not. <laughs> nobody missed that.
1: I did notice that um, he killed, he destroyed another droid in this episode, uh, the first one, um, which reminded me of, what, two or three episodes ago when Dooku's like, "Careful, Grievous, those droids are expensive. And I'm just like, he probably destroys more droids out of his own frustration than the Jedi did.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that actually kind of comes back around. I thought of that very line in one of the later arcs that we're going to talk about. Um, and I'll bring it back up when we get there. Anything else on this one that y'all that stood out? I like the lightsaber battle. Yeah. Glad to say, Some of the stuff was a little unbelievable to me in this one, but, um, but you know, kind of in a mode where I'm just, just accepting it and going with it regardless.
1: Yep. The high wire was... battle. Oh, go ahead.
0: It, it was my least favorite arc of our, our week this
1: week. For sure. I'll agree yeah. to that.
0: That's no, probably so. I haven't really
2: thought about ranking the three, but, um, what wasn't super exciting.
1: The high wire battle between R2 and R3 at the very end was, enjoy- I mean, it was funny. It was, I en- I got a, you know, laugh out of it when, you know, he lights the fire and it goes to R3 and puts them on fire and he brings out the buzz saw to cut the cable connecting them. So it was fun to watch.
2: Yeah, that's true. That, that was, that was, seeing the droids use their stuff, oil spray, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. All the active. I guess that's just supposed to be an oil supply that they have for themselves that they can also eject. So anyway, silliness, but you know, that's part of it. We get a lot of silliness in yeah. the next one because uh, oh. in story, a lot of uh, the story centers very heavily around Jar Jar Binks. Um We have Padme and Jar Jar taking C-3PO to a planet called Rhodia, and they're going on a diplomatic mission, but it ends up being a trap and uh her old friend there actually hands her over to Newt Gunray of the Trade Federation. Uh, so she gets captured and locked away, but then they mistake Jar Jar for a Jedi, because he puts on this cloak as like a disguise, and he accidentally uh, uh ends up getting mistaked as a Jedi, um, and ends up uh going underwater at one point. He gets knocked in the water to kind of escape and hide, and they start shooting at him. Um, he meets a big fish creature down there who actually swallows him in his mouth and saves him from an explosion. Um, becomes friends with him kind of off, off camera or whatever, because he comes back with that creature to save the day, uh, at the end. And, uh, they, I, I really like the comic because they said that the Jedi summoned a monster. And I thought, okay, that's, that's, that's cute. That's clever. So anyway, Rodia ends up flipping and instead of handing Padme over to the Trade Federation, uh, they side with the Republic and Padme kind of just lets them sweep the their intended betrayal under the rug very graciously. Let's see. Then Ventress, um, Gunray gets captured at the end of that. So instead of capturing Padme, um, they end up capturing Gunray once Roy uplifts. And so Ventress goes in stealthily and faces, this is a, on a different ship altogether. Um, she ends up facing Anakin. Or, no, not Ian, excuse me, Ahsoka and Luminara. Luminara was the woman Jedi, I liked her a lot. So she ends up freeing Gunray and then uh, escaping. And so then they follow Gunray's beacon at the end of the arc. in the third episode of the arc, they end up following Gunray's beacon. Um, Kit Fisto was the Jedi's name, who, who finds this beacon and follows it. And he ends up meeting his Padawan there, coincidentally, I suppose. Uh, and ends up being his former Padawan, right? His former apprentice um, ends up being there already. And they end up at General Grievous's fortress. So we get to see inside General Grievous's fortress. General Grievous ends up slaughtering all the clones that they bring with him. Uh, he ends up killing the Padawan. And then Fisto has to run for his life from there. But all that was actually a test that Dooku was putting General Grievous through. Uh, just to see if he was up to snuff. Or being able to lead the droid army. So At least that's how that's how he, uh, he portrayed it. And at first, that kind of made me mad. I don't know how y'all felt about that. I'd like to know because um, I was like, not mad, but you know, they're bad, they're bad guys. But I was like, what are you doing? You're you're ruining his whole facility. He has got this awesome place set up with all these replacement parts to put on. Why why would you do that? Why would you go and send Jedi there and reveal the locations? And now he's lost his whole fortress, right? Because he can't keep it there anymore. And um and and risk losing. You know, losing that general, uh, didn't really get Dooku there, but, um, I think it's just a power play. Uh, General Grievous had been very careless with the droids, killing them, kind of like we were, you were talking about earlier, Drew. Uh, not killing them because they're just droids, but, uh, but destroying them and costing them a lot of money. So as, as expensive as it was for, uh, expensive and inconvenient as it was for General Grievous to do this, General Grievous has lost a lot of ships at this point. He's been pretty careless. So this is like, all right, now you're going to pay for it, you know? Not something they would do do on the Republic side, on the Jedi side, but definitely a sick move. What do you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, Grievous has definitely lost at least, um, you know, just with where we are now, um, chronologically, he's lost at least three battles. And so there's definitely a rift growing between him and Dooku. And when I was watching that, the thought that I had in my mind is, is Dooku... Testing Grievous to see whether he wants Ventress to become his new general, second, whatever you want to call it. Because we've seen Ventress battle, we've seen Grievous battle, um, and in the last, what was it called? Not La- before Lair of Grievous, it was Cloak of Darkness. So Ventress won. You know, she got her. She won her mission. Um, completed the mission in Cloak of Darkness, and so it was just a thought in my mind of, well, maybe he's just really possibly thinking of replacing uh, Dooku, not Dooku, um, Dooku's planning to replace Grievous with Ventress, depending on how this test goes, because he made the comment of, um, you know, when Grievous sends in his report, he says something to the effect of, you know, of course you should be able to best a young Jedi and some clones um, but a Jedi master, something to be uh, accomplished. And he's like, well, that one escaped. So <laughs> um, so it was definitely clearly a test, but that's just a thought that I had about whether, you know, Ventress was maybe the, really to see if Ventress was going to be the second after Dooku.
2: Okay. And we actually, the, yeah, the, the one right before that with, with, um, with Ventress, so a lot of attention to her on the episode right before that one as well. Interesting to see. I didn't even think about that, but kind of how you focused on the two main underlings of Dooku in these two back-to-back episodes, all within the same, within the same thread line. John, what did you think about Jar Jar in that first episode?
0: So that, that first episode, I, uh, soon as I saw Jar Jar, I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this one. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, and I actually really enjoyed that first episode, uh, even down to the, the caterpillar fish, yeah uh, that was in the water. Um, I just liked the whole uh, uh the whole way everybody freaked out over the thought of a jedi um, that that it kind of made them lose their edge uh, and I just thought it was clever the uh, like what you already brought up that they summon the monster um, and then even down to the, the the last few seconds of that episode the uh the, i don 't know what it is the little caterpillar fish um in the back, kind of roars out a roar like like Chewie would, and uh, okay. and and I liked the whole thing. I, I really did. And uh, and the whole time, I was thinking, I'm going to hate this. Uh, it's going to take a turn that I really don't like. But the the things that Jar Jar did, I felt were believable. Um, the, uh, the the mistakes he made that led to victories um, were were very Jar Jar, and and I was okay with it. I really was. Uh, not the dancing on the table with kicking plates from last week, um, but the really the uh, even down to crushing the ship. And, and if that hadn't happened, he probably wouldn't have found the cloak. Um, all those things leading up uh, to really a victory for him. I, I really like Jar Jar's role. True. What'd you think? <laughs> I,
1: I, I agree. It was of the two Jar Jar episodes. It was the better of the two. I will say that. I'll agree.
2: I loved it. I love Jar Jar in this one. I, I think Jar Jar's a funny guy. I, I, just, I like Jar Jar. I've always liked Jar Jar. And I've never really understood the dislike for him. But I like him even more than I do uh, in the movie. I think they're using him in, in just really clever, appropriate ways. And, you know, something we've talked about. One thing I really don't like about Jar Jar is him becoming a senator. But he's a senator in this one and you're seeing him be a goofball senator. It's not like, oh, he's a senator, he's in a serious role. It's like he's a senator, and every time anybody, we talked about this a little last week, but every, every time anybody mentions him, it's like, okay, it's Jar Jar, I guess we'll deal with this. Um, and, uh, and, and I just like that they are putting up with him as a senator, rather than respecting him as a senator. I think they respect him as a, as a sentient creature, Um, and they have to deal with them as a (laughs) senator. That's really like that.
1: So let me ask y'all this, um, Cloak of Darkness episode. Why is Ahsoka with Luminara? Was that ever explained? It just sort of went straight into, you know, Ahsoka's with Luminara on, you know, wherever they were at. And the whole time I kept on waiting for some revelation of, oh, well, maybe Anakin and Obi-Wan are doing something else, but... Was it ever revealed why, you know, they were just with each other? I'm like, this is not her Padawan. Why is why is she here?
2: I didn't really think about that, but maybe it's, uh, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan were obviously off doing their own thing, right, during this episode. Is that true? I guess we don't really know.
1: I don't think we know. Um...
2: Yeah, we don't really have any indication of, of what's going on with Anakin during this, I don't think. But I kind of just assume that, that they're busy with other things, but you can't just leave a Padawan to their own devices, they need to be under some Jedi. So it's like maybe, maybe she was sort of being looked after by Luminara. I don't want to say babysat. Because I don't really think she's babysitting her, but, um, but just kind of being, being looked after, uh, by Luminara for a period of time. Cause it did seem like her and Luminara were pretty close in this episode. And, and mm-hmm. um, we definitely interacting a lot. So it wasn't like they happened to be in the same space. It was like they were connected intentionally. Um, for some reason, that was, that's my only thought on it, I guess. Did y'all think Ventress, uh, the role that Ventress played in this strengthened her as a character?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, she's definitely uh, a, I don't know what we're calling her, uh, a villain, because I don't think she's Sith like we discussed before. Um, but she's definitely one to be, uh, uh, to be feared and to be, uh, uh, I mean, she can, she can hold her own against multiple Jedi. And we've seen that before. And, uh, and then right there at the, uh, end, correct me if I'm wrong. She's the one that, uh, cat, uh, stuck her lightsaber through the trader. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so she was not going to let, um, she didn't want that to get out, that it wasn't all her. Um, and so killing that guy right there. I mean, definitely, uh, uh, a cutthroat type of villain or, chest-stabbing villain. I don't know. The Senate Commando, that's what, he, what they called him, the Senate Commando.
2: I uh, did not like that guy. Didn't really like the Senate Commandos in general. It's like, who are these guys? What are they doing here? What's- yeah. Oh. And then she killed him at the end. I was like, good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't see that guy anymore. Like, not just because he turned, just because I didn't think he was very likable uh, character. So.
1: You know, going back to interest, uh, Ahsoka mentioned something when... Um, Luminar was saying she was going to go battle Ventress. She said, you know, don't do that. Ventress is too powerful for any one Jedi to face alone. And that got me thinking, but why? Why is that? I mean, aren't Jedi and the Sith, are you know, they're trained in a very similar way? I mean, not, uh, well, they have similar powers. Let me say it like that. So sure. why is it to Ahsoka so clearly obvious that, She's way too much for any, just one Jedi to handle what I, like, what I couldn't understand that comment, why she would think that way.
0: You know what? That is interesting, but in almost every other instance I can think of, uh, Sith are almost too much for one Jedi to handle. Um, you think Darth Maul, you think of Dooku, uh, and, and Grievous. I mean, in all those instances, it's almost like the Sith are more powerful or, uh, it's almost like they, they cheat, right? They have powers that, that Jedis aren't allowed to use, maybe. Um, but uh, that's a really good point, uh, thinking about that with uh, the other Siths. I mean, uh, Vader uh, faced um, Luke, but uh, other than that, I can't think of a whole lot of other times where where we have a whole lot of successful Jedis against Siths. Was Luke ever really that successful against Vader? I wouldn't agree with him.
2: Only well, gave her one. Got away. That was the best he could do. Right. Words of Darth Vader. don't know no, the power of the dark side of the,
0: right? <laughs> and, you know, that <laughs> I might
2: be. Great power, right? You're
0: craving power. You're going to go to the dark side. That's your priority. So Right. right. That's why it's tempting for a, a Jedi to, to join the dark side is because I can go through all this trouble and still be beat by somebody who, who doesn't hold the moral code we hold. Yeah. You saw the apprentice in that final episode, uh, kind of going through some of the struggles
2: so of how am I going to use the force? I really love the lightsaber battle in this one. I thought it was awesome with Ventress using two lightsabers, mm-hmm. and those Jedi and then playing in objects around the room and slicing through their environment. I just thought it was all really fun to watch. And then at the end, I guess uh, as well about Ventress. um, There's a little dialogue between her and Dooku about how, I think it's at the end of this one, about him wanting her to eventually become his apprentice. That gave us a little insight into Dooku's intention to, I think, eventually overthrow Palpatine, right? If we're going to go with the rule of two, the rule of two here, um, if she's going to eventually become his apprentice, that's, that seems to me to be a Sith Lord underling relationship. And there's only two of those ever. So. Two at huh? a time, The rule of two. Um, so you can still learn dark side powers, you can still do bad things, but you're not actually going to be a Sith unless you're one
0: of the two, which means Palpatine would have to go. Did y'all get that indication as well? That's how I interpreted that.
1: That's how I interpreted it.
0: Yeah, I didn't really think about that part
2: too much on this. Okay. So the Jedi underling in that final episode,
1: the Dar a- Web. Yeah,
2: yeah, not a man. Wasn't the Dar Web his name? I looked up his race. I did think the race is funny. He's a, he's a Mon Calamari. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, what a name. So he's the, he's the one with the big eyes, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so is he not the same race as the, uh, uh, the guy that says, it's a trap? Oh, yeah, he would be. Okay. So, so that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> that, that's what I was waiting for in this whole episode. Uh, you know, they're sneaking around this uh, this General Grievous place, and I was just hoping before he would die, he'd go. It's a trap. Uh,
2: Missed opportunity, man.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, there were so many opportunities for that. He did I say he was- it. He said it? Uh, we heard it several times in these episodes. What is what's the line you always hear? I can't think of it right now. In every Star Wars movie. I got a bad feeling about this. I think maybe the one who said that, or maybe, maybe it was Kit Visto, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, it's been said by some of the the clones, I think, at yeah. times, and uh, it's mm-hmm. being overused. It's overused, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we
2: we're watching a lot of these episodes back-to-back-to-back, back, back, though. You know, originally, these are spaced out week-to-week, week, so it's not as prolific, I guess, if you are not binging it. Um, and it was definitely created at a time when you did not even have the option to binge it, so i my pass there.
1: I found them really arrogant. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, when they were going through Grievous' lair and all the clones were um, dying left and right, and then his comment to Kit Fisto was, I could have had them, but the clones got in my way. It's like, yeah. wow, they literally just died for you, and, and that's your comment of, they got in my way. <laughs> okay.
2: We paid for it. That was sort of the point of the episode was yeah. You know, down go down
0: to hothead about everything, yeah and and you know his uh his former master um didn't seem seem overly upset to me uh, when he he met his demise uh, and and maybe uh, the way I justified it again, I was thinking, well, he's probably seen it coming, he's like, well, I mean I expected this to happen eventually with this guy <laughs> <laughs> it's funny.
2: I didn't think about that, but, you know, you think about like Obi-Wan and Anakin, how close they are, and then these two guys are like, all right. (laughs) They never really clicked, I guess. Mm -hmm. We learned a lot about Grievous in this episode. Was there anything interesting that stood out to y'all there?
1: I found the statues interesting as they were exploring the different rooms. I, and this is how I interpret it, with the first room they went in, you saw this warrior, and I was like, you don't really know who it was? But then when they went in the second room, it was still that warrior, but with mechanical arms now coming out. And I'm like, okay, so I rewound it and I looked at the first room. I'm like, so this is what I guess Grievous actually looked like before he went droid fusion Grievous. And so, I mean, I found that part really interesting uh, just to see what, what he did look like and where he is now. Because clearly when the doctor was performing the surgery on him, I mean, he was taking off limbs left and right, you know, no legs or anything. So, um, he's, I guess only organic from the torso up with no limbs. I, I guess
2: he has his heart. You see his heart in the, uh, in the movies and then you have his eyes, uh,
1: his neck. Here. You see a little bit of his neck.
2: Okay. Yeah. um, didn't get the lizard out of the statues. I think I mentioned last week I read that he was sort of lizard-like, but I looked at the statues a little closer, and I was not seeing any lizard in that statue. But, um, uh, maybe, there's, maybe we'll get to see that race again at some point. I hope we do. I think that'd be neat. But.
1: Well, and I remember you said that from last week, and so I didn't know when I was looking at it if it was more of a a literal grievous or more of figurative, like, the warrior Grievous, you know, just the statue portraying a warrior, and that's Grievous's persona. I don't know whether there's literal or figurative, but
2: I the impression I that be a statue of him you know, before he went, underwent the stuff, but who knows? This maybe we'll find out at some point. I forget what the statues were showing. I remember one of them was showing him holding up like a head. Um, forget mm-hmm. about the other one, but lonely, lonely, uh, lonely life he lives, angry all the time. In this place with just him and a bunch of droids. Actually, there was one non-droid there, wasn't there? Wasn't there one of like the walrus faced guys at one point? I don't know. Seems like I remember seeing a non-droid in there, but it doesn't matter. Um, one thing I liked that Yoda said before we leave Grievous, actually, I thought it was cool when they cut off his legs, watching him crawl around with his arms Mm -hmm. and all the way he moved in this episode was really creepy. I thought I thought they did a good job of establishing him. It's just a just a there's something wrong there. You know, you just you're unco- you're a little bit uncomfortable when you see the way he moves. Like whoa, um, most horror movie like. Like you mentioned before, Drew, some of the other stuff that we've seen. Just I, I did think Grievous was pretty horrifying in this episode. And then something I liked that Yoda said. Uh, I, don't, I didn't write down the exact quote, but he was reflecting on the experience at the end of it. I think it was the last line of the whole arc. And he said something like um meeting power with power is not the Jedi way. And if we if we do that, we could lose who we are. And I thought that was interesting in light of the clone war in general. And the fact that again, I'm gonna keep going back to this as long as I as long as the series doesn't just leave it leave it hanging completely Um the fact that they are using this clone army uh to face the droid army that's that's what they're doing on a large scale is they had this huge power laid into their lap that they are deciding to utilize uh because they are faced with a powerful force instead of trying to deal with it another way i don't know if there's any intended indication there or not but but it made me think about it as yoda reflected on this this uh event that happened in Grievous's layer castle hideout anything else in this arc
1: fun fact Um, the voice of Kit Fisto, the entire time I was listening to him, I'm thinking, I know this voice. I know this voice actor somewhere. Um, So at the end of it, I looked it up. Phil Lamar, to which I said, I don't know who Phil Lamar is. Let's see what he's done. To which I said, ah, this is Samurai Jack.
2: Oh, okay. I don't know who Samurai Jack is. Who's Samurai Jack?
1: Oh, it's an old um, Cartoon Network show.
2: Okay,
0: cool. I never saw any of those. That's neat. John, did you recognize that voice? I did. I wonder if he's, he's something else other than that as well. If he's he's voiced some other uh, cartoon character, because it did sound familiar to me. And I don't, I don't remember, you know, I don't have knowledge of Samurai Jack either, but it did sound very familiar. Is Samurai Jack a good show? Should we watch it sometime,
1: Drew? Oh, I totally would. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's one of those, I mean, it it stays, it stays good. I've watched it again a couple of episodes in the last year or two, and it, it kept pretty good.
2: All right. Okay. Final arc. Anakin is captured. And I didn't get this in the episode, but I read a synopsis afterward, and, and they said that it was intentional. that he was intentional, yeah. captured? Did it give us an indication
0: of that in the episode itself? Do you know? Yeah, they did. Okay. I guess I just missed I it. When, when Obi-Wan rescued him, uh, he discussed, why do I always have to be the one to get captured? Yeah,
2: I
1: remember that. Because he was just, complaining because he couldn't bring his lightsaber.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. I, I didn't take that as him being intentional, but I guess we we're supposed to, and apparently y'all both did. But, um, Obi-Wan comes in to free him. I'm not sure how he does that. I mean, you see how he does it, but it's it's kind of like if it's that easy to free a prisoner, then why aren't you going in and freeing prisoners more? You know, I just didn't, didn't really buy that, but whatever. Um, he goes in and frees him. Um, and then they go after Dooku together. That was the, sort of the whole point of them getting captured, is to give them a hand to, to go and, and try to capture Dooku together. So they go on, go go into the room where Dooku is, and he's not expecting it, he drops out through the floor and ends up getting into the spaceship and uh, getting away. So they jump into a um, spaceship and chase after him, uh, but they both crash on a planet that um, ends up being filled with these gorilla-like monsters. Uh, they call them Gundars. And Dooku ends up outsmarting the, the two Jedi and traps them in a cave with the Gundars. Um, Ahsoka shows up, ends up setting them free. But in the meantime, Dooku ends up being captured by pirates. And uh, leading those pirates, we actually get introduced to someone who I am sure, and I'll explain why in a minute, I'm sure is going to be significant in uh, Hondo Onaka uh, the leader of these pirates. Um, so Ahsoka comes in, frees the Jedi from the cave, and then uh, let's see what 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 was it that happened then? They basically go to investigate. So the pirates are going to sell Dooku off uh, by accepting a bounty from the Republic, right? So the Republic then says, well, you know, hey, the, the two Jedi are close by. We'll send them in to go investigate and make sure they really do have Dooku. So they go and they look, um, and it is Dooku, but then the, uh, the pirate Hondo and his game end up capturing Anakin and Obi-Wan as well. All right. So they end up teaming up with Dooku to try to escape because they don't want to be embarrassed about being caught. So tell me if I was putting this together right. You have, Dooku captured, you've got the Republic willing to pay ransom to basically take Dooku out of the equation completely. And I don't know how their credit system works. It didn't seem like that unreasonable of a cost for it, considering who Dooku is and how powerful he is. Um, But somehow, because Anakin and Obi-Wan are embarrassed that they got captured as well, they're going to help Dooku escape with them? and then try to deliver in themselves. I just thought, what are you guys doing? What's wrong with you? What, is, it, is there a pride issue here or was, was there something I missed?
1: I, I didn't necessarily interpret it as a pride issue. I more interpreted it as these are pirates. They're not to be trusted, so we don't know. And in fact, when I was watching it and that we were captured, what I actually thought was gonna happen was they were gonna to try to sell Dooku to the Republic and then sell um, Obi-Wan and Anakin to the Separatists. So I thought that's what they were, you know, because they said, you know, if the, um, with Dooku, they said, if the Separatists will pay us this much, how much more will the Republic pay? And so I'm thinking, okay, well, they might try to do the same exact thing with the Jedi <laughs> then in that case. So I, there, there was a comment about pride, because I know, I remember that being said when um Obi Wan said something about something about, you know, not letting people find out what happened to them. But when I was watching it, I didn't necessarily interpret it as pride, more as we're wanting to get out and then, you know, do it the old Anakin Skywalker way where we escape and then we still somehow manage to wrangle Dooku and keep him as our own prisoner.
0: Yeah, I didn't think of it as pride, uh, myself either. Just uh almost just trying to be strategic about it. And how can, how can we end up working this for our, in, in our favor?
2: Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense. I just, I remember hearing that pride comment and thinking, what, what, why don't they just wait? Why don't they just sit there and wait for the republic to show up and then they'll have dooku? They missed an opportunity there. I still think it was a missed opportunity, but, um, but I think, I think Drew, your ex- explanation probably makes a lot more sense than the way I was thinking about it.
1: There was I mean, you mentioned it earlier. There was a really great comment at the very beginning of this arc, um, the Dooku captured episode, when uh, Obi Wan releases Anakin and Anakin comments when he says, How can I become a Jedi master if I keep getting caught? And Obi Wan just looks at him and says, Well, at least you're a master at something, getting caught. <laughs> I just found that hilarious. I, I don't know why. I mean, you know, love- Anakin He's trying. It seems like he's actually trying to become a Jedi master, and Obi Wan just like, well, you know, you're not. So deal with
2: it. I love the dynamic between these two in this art. Just the whole art, the Anakin Obi Wan dynamic. I thought was
0: really really fun.
1: Yeah. When they're yeah, flying I the spaceships, that. that was good.
0: Yeah. the uh, uh, the The dynamic felt more uh, more true to the what we see in the prequels to me. Sure. Um, and and that's that's part of why I like it. It just, it felt, it felt more genuine. So uh, uh, one thing that that the the Gundarks were brought up uh, and we saw the Gundark and, uh, and I knew the name Gundark was from Star Wars. I just couldn't place it. Uh, So I looked, uh, where else do we see Gundarks? And they're actually mentioned in the Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. Uh, uh, When uh, I believe it's after Han Solo goes and rescues Luke. He's being treated at the hospital. He tells him, "Hey, kid, you look strong enough to pull the ears off a of Gundark." Huh. So that's uh, I, again. I love those parts where they, yeah, where they where they work in the original trilogy into these other other things. You know? Yeah.
2: So, Didn't they have ears too that kind of stuck up on their heads pretty prominently? Kind of like bats, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought overall the design of them was a little bit uninspired. They were. I'm, I'm a big fan of the creatures. As, as you all know, but these, they were okay. They're kind of, I, I do like, now that I think about them as bats, I do think that's an interesting, they were in a cave, they had little bat ears, big bat ears. It was like a bat gorilla.
1: <laughs> I can see that, yeah. So let me ask y'all something. The pirates and even the clones on a few occasions referred to the money as, quote, spice. Is this oh. the actual currency? Or is oh, this well, slang?
2: Spice is in the Star Wars universe elsewhere and he is asking them to pay him in drugs.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Remember the scene where Obi-Wan's in a bar, I think in episode two, and the guy's like, hey, you want some Spice? And obviously he's trying to sell him illicit drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that was part of the moral quandary that the, the Jedi were in. Uh, he said, I want all of this payable in spice. And there was actually a comment later on even about it where he said, Man, w- when we sell this stuff on the black market, we're gonna make so much more than, than what it's actually worth in like, you know, normal money. So no, they were they were asking the Jedi to participate in a drug deal and the Jedi were like, All right, we'll do it, for we'll do it. Okay.
1: I missed oh. that. Cool.
0: Yeah, and, and in one of the movies, spice freighters are mentioned, but mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't do my research. I, I can't remember which one? I just remember the term spice freighter. Isn't Han Solo a spice runner? do what they call Han Solo? A spice I mean, he's a smuggler. Uh, he may be a spice runner. That may be brought up I think as well. Spice is a term that's used somewhere as well. Um, well which would make sense. Uh, if, he's, if he's a smuggler and he's a spice runner, uh, that yeah. would be you know, smuggling drugs. But,
2: yeah. I'm starting to question now whether my reference to the episode two is even right, but I'm sure that spice is drugs in the Star Wars universe. did well. Pretty sure. Ninety <laughs> percent. Um, I loved in the compound where Hondo was. Oh, I want to I mention before I mention that. Well, I go to say that uh, they had cool music. Cool music in that compound. It was like an Indian inspired um, with a beat. I, just, I was digging it. Very culturally uh, invoke sort of a cultural uniqueness, I guess, to me, and, and I like that. I thought that was that was neat. Hondo, so the reason why Hondo is somebody who I'm sure is going to be a main character is because at Galaxy's Edge, on the Millennium Falcon ride, John, sorry, spoiler alert, because you haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet, but me and Drew have, I'm just going to tell you. Um, On the the Millennium Falcon ride, you actually see an animatronic of Hondo on your way in. And um, that's all I'll say about it. But uh it's it's really cool. It's great, really convincing, awesome looking animatronic. And it's Hondo. And so uh so he's gonna he's gonna come back. We're gonna see him again, I am sure. And I have a feeling he's gonna be a pretty significant character. So with that said, John, did you like Hondo as a character? Do you, you think he was interesting and are you glad he's gonna be a series or potentially at least gonna be a series staple? Uh
0: from so so hondo was the main pirate is that right he's the guy in chart yeah so so i liked the whole pirate race uh and including hondo i i thought they were really cool i liked the way they looked i liked the uh i liked the pirate feel about them um and so yeah i'm i'm excited to, to have them back if if they're gonna come back for sure cool drew did you like hondo
1: yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, pretty much same comments with John. I they acted like pirates, they talked like pirates, they swindled Dooku's lightsabers like pirates without even even knowing. So yeah, they I think they fit the part pretty well. Falcon ride
2: on the a galaxy's edge. Oh,
1: new recruits. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. I don't know if they're. I don't. I don't guess their accent is Indian. I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to accents, but the music was definitely Indian, but he had some kind of an accent. I'm not sure if I could really place it or not. Do you know,
0: are you either one of y'all good at accents and know what accent that is? No, uh, I don't want to offend our one listener by.
1: Trying that's, to that. that's, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, we'll tread carefully around that one for now. So I'll right.
1: oh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of that, um, with uh, Hondo in uh, the Dooku captured 111. The last scene we basically see is them at a party where their drinks get drugged, but they switch them with oh, yeah. the people beside them. The very next episode, like the first thing, they're jailed and they're like, oh, what happened? We were drugged. Oh, isn't it? All? And like, wait, wait, but we just saw you the episode before. Switch your drinks. So what what, what happened
2: here? What is that? I have a, I have a question, and I, I, meant to go back and replay it and see. Did they switch the cups, or did they just switch the contents?
1: The cups, yeah. I they think switched, they switched the cups, yeah. Because the guys were holding them, they
2: were able to actually. Because I thought they just kind of, it kind of went around it. I, don't know, I need to watch. The, the
1: cups, cups did, yeah.
2: Yeah, I oh, think it was the, the cups. It actually replaced the cup itself. Okay. Because I wondered if it was the contents, and again, I meant to go back and check it and didn't I wondered if it was the contents if it might have been just like residue that residue was enough to knock them out so uh, I,
0: but maybe. I think whatever they were drinking uh, was enough to knock them out anyways, uh, even though it was because he said I only took a sip yeah i wouldn't I, uh, yeah it, it bothered like, me as well when, yeah, when me too. I, it seemed like with with such
2: with such attention that was given to it, it was like totally discounted when the next episode started. I actually thought at the end of that, like, oh, that's cool. I love the way that that was shot to where they're talking and like casual. They switched the drinks very nonchalantly. And then the two guys collapsed as kind of his cameras from them. Mm -hmm. um, And they just had, they played it so cool. Didn't react at all. But you could tell everybody in the room got really uncomfortable. (laughs) And then it was just like, they threw it. It was such an awesome shot. And they just threw it at the beginning of the episode. To sort of finish, I don't think I finished explaining what what all happens here. Uh, They end up sending the bounty money with Jar Jar for some reason. I don't know why. Dumb decision. But we get to see Jar Jar again, I guess. And I like Jar Jar, so I'm cool with it. (laughs) Him and another Jedi uh, who – I did I interpret it right that Jar Jar gets the guy killed? He couldn't buckle his seatbelt, he ends up messing everybody up as they're trying to fly in and distracting him. They end up getting shot down, probably in part as a result of Jar Jar's horrible distractions. And then the guy actually unstraps himself to strap Jar Jar in so he doesn't get hurt on the crash landing. And then before he can get his strap attached, they crash, they looked like he got it, but then he, like, it breaks as soon as they land. So I'm kind of assuming that he wasn't able to get it fully secured. Um, he dies as a result. <laughs> So Jar Jar's stupidity in this episode is getting people killed,
1: and the two pilots.
2: <laughs> yeah, the pilots too. So uh, did did I interpret that right, or was I was I assuming too much about the impact there?
0: Definitely, the feeling I got from it too was like you know, if Jar Jar had just buckled his seatbelt, uh, we'd all be okay here.
1: <laughs> he's not a senator; he's a plague. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I liked,
2: uh, the, the comments where the clones were like, um, uh, so you're in charge. Well, technically the highest ranked member here is Senator Bings. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I did like that. Sort of like, oh no, not Jar Jar. Again, element. I uh, should not have been there in the first place, but I thought they used him pretty well. Um, having put him where he was.
0: So, so. So I just did a, a quick search because it was bothering me uh, about the Spice Freighter. Sorry to jump back to that. No, that's fine. Go uh, ahead. But uh, apparently the the reason that's familiar to me is when Obi-Wan talks to, uh, talks to Luke about his father, he tells Obi-Wan that he was a navigator on a Spice Freighter. Huh. So that makes me kind of think, okay, well, I, I guess maybe Luke didn't have a high opinion of uh, if he was a drug runner. Uh, a real high opinion of his uh, his father when he thought he had died.
2: Maybe spice isn't just drugs, do you think? I don't know. That makes me
0: question it. I don't know, but, but quick quick search. I uh, brought that up. So. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: It's a good use of Jar Jar, I thought, in this episode, though. So one thing that I didn't like, though, in, in general, in Star Wars, being accidentally fortunate is kind of a staple um and we see that in this actually we see that in this episode i like that about this episode but one thing that this episode maybe didn't like about the rise of skywalker was that in the rise of skywalker you see a lot of that happening where things kind of accidentally work out but there's not there's not like a, a focus to it you know it's just sort of stuff they the thing that i thought about was they end up in that sand pit and we've talked about this before but they you know what I'm talking about, where they drop down and they end up finding the snake monster, and that leads them down the path. In this episode, they had a lot of accidental fortune, as well as the previous episode where Jar Jar was. But it's all centered around Jar Jar's goofiness. It's like they established Jar Jar is this this goofball. But I kind of, if you think about it from like an RPG perspective, <laughs> he's got a really high luck stat. You know, like his luck rating is really high. He's got a lot of stuff that's really low. He can't fight. He, uh he's not a, he's not that in Maybe he's intelligent. I don't know. They seem to give an indication that maybe he has more intelligence than than, than we give him credit for. Um, but he's got a lot of negatives to him, a lot of deficiencies, but he is very lucky. And and so I kind of like them centering the the lucky things that happen on Jar Jar. But when that just stuff just happens randomly, like it seemed to in The Rise of Skywalker a lot, it, it kind of cheapens it for me. So I liked the fact that they sort of accidentally ended up saving Anakin and Obi-Wan at the end of this episode because Jar Jar gets gets uh gets basically captured, right? And then ends up um causing the tanks to crash into the power grid, knocking out the power, which allowed Dooku to escape, unfortunately, but also allowed the Jedi to escape. Um so I kinda like the accidental fortune that happens um when it's Jar Jar. I just I don't think I like it when it happens without
0: something to latch it onto. Do
2: y'all see what I'm saying there?
0: I, I do, but I'm also reminded of, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Okay. Uh, and so kind of the whole everything's happening to, for a reason here, to fulfill these prophecies, uh, that, that the movie's kind of sitting around for a while, right? Hmm. Interesting. And that's coming from Obi-Wan, too. You would think as much as Obi-Wan oh, yeah. that he'd be a believer in luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's been right in the heart of all this lucky stuff you're talking about. Uh, I, think I think he's just, John, I think he's just being a cynical old man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Drew, any thoughts on any of that?
1: They do center a lot of luck around Jar Jar. I will say that more so, it seems, than any of the other characters, because even in. Um, the other arc we just watched. I know I mentioned Padme last week as sort of the, the princess peach damsel in distress. And again, and the, um, where, where Jar Jar saves her and the previous, arc. you know, she's captured, but at least she seems to, I guess her, her action is always very intentional to me. You know, her distracting the droids. So they come in, um, you know, she fakes being saved. And so they come in and then she blasts them and she comes up with an escape plan. Whereas with Jar Jar, he never has a plan. <laughs> it's, it's literally just all luck. There, there is no, hey, we need a little bit of luck to go with this plan. It's just, it's all luck. <laughs> so I definitely see it with Jar Jar more than anyone else.
2: I'll say in in this group of episodes that we watched this last week, I ended up really uh, liking Jar Jar even more than I already do. Really, he's established, even at his outset, in episode one, it's luck that takes him through that, right? Um, Lucky event after lucky event after lucky event, um, he ends up uniting the Naboo people (laughs) and the Gungans and then saves the day in the war itself totally by accident. So I feel like they're, they're being true to his character. I feel like they're uh, they're doing a good job of establishing him in a way that is maybe more likable. I don't know. Again, I already like him, so it's kind of hard for me to speak to that, but, but uh, that maybe is more likable than he was, at least in, in the prequels.
1: I'm liking him more the, the... I like him more the less they treat him like a serious senator who is, um, you know, a, a pillar of the... Um, the, franchi- the franchise, the that's, franchise, that's I can think of maybe a better way to say it, but he, he adds a lot of entertainment value to otherwise tense situations. And so I, I enjoy that. And the fact that in these, they are showing him in a more comical way that that does make me appreciate him a lot more than when he is uh, in the movies being the serious senator in episode two and three
0: i'm I'm definitely in line with, with drew there it's uh, uh what i didn't i mean I, I hated that they they portrayed him as a serious senator in the previous yeah. uh, and so this makes it more okay because keeping all this in mind, well they don't really treat him as a serious senator right <laughs> they they treat him with respect because of his position, but oh boy, he's in charge you know uh is is makes those those parts of the movie more okay. It also makes it
2: unrealistic, though, right? That's not how politicians act.
0: Politicians are horrible
2: <laughs> to each other. <laughs> uh, I guess if they're on the same team, then they put up with a lot.
1: I'm curious to see if Dooku and Hondo ever meet again after Obi Wan's comment at the very end, you know, talking about how the Sith don't have that kind of respect, hospitality. You know, we we have no hostility against you, but we are not the Sith, and he knows where you live now. So FYI, heads up. And to your point earlier, you know, we know Hondo's at Galaxy's Edge, so there's a high probability he's going to be in the series moving forward. So I'm really curious to see how his role plays out, and especially if Dooku has any part with him in the future as well, or any interaction
2: definitely earn the respect um, of Hondo at the end. Um, I think that's what we're to assume there. Hondo was like, okay, well, now you have the upper hand, so you're going to take advantage of me. And they were like, yeah. we really don't have any reason to anymore, so we're just going to leave. Uh, we got other more important things to worry about than you. And he was, he was very surprised by that, that they would handle the situation that way. And then that's when, like you said, Drew, they warned, they warned him. Just don't oh. expect Dooku to do the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was sort of the indication they gave. All right. I want to do this uh, just for fun. We'll try it this week. We might keep doing it. We'll see how it goes. Um, I want you to to give a, a one out of 10 for each one of these three arcs. And we'll start with, I know I'm asking you all to do this on the spur of the moment, but we'll start with the rescue of R2-D2 arc with one being, I hated it. I wish it didn't exist. Five being a, I eh, think it or leave it. It's kind of a non, you know, non-opinion of it like a five or six being that and then a 10 being like hey this this changed my total view of star wars and uh makes me love the series even more so.
1: question is this one out of 10 for just the arcs we watched this week arc- or for yeah. all well, of
2: them? maybe we'll do the series as a whole at the very end. <laughs>
1: okay so for just this week
2: I mean, you're welcome to give an update on what you're thinking about the series so far as well, if you want to do that.
1: But, oh, no, uh, no. I meant, I meant like a one out of ten comparing these three oh, um, yeah. just to these three or to say... No,
2: just in general. Just in general. Okay. Overall, how do you feel about these arcs? Not relative to each other, although that'd be part of it, but just your overall impression of that arc. Did you like it or did you not like it? And how much did you like it or how much did you just dislike it and then justify it? And you—you you know, don't spend a lot of time on it, but uh, but we are going to start with the rescue of R2D2, John. So it's a take it or
0: leave it. It's a five. It's uh, didn't really do anything for me. Didn't really change any uh, any aspect of Star Wars for me. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't care if it wasn't there, but I don't hate it. Okay, Drew.
1: I'm going to just go slightly higher and say six because I enjoyed the R2 and R3 battle. Um and I also enjoyed a couple of the the droid comments that were made. They were pretty funny, so just a little bit of humor for me
2: okay i'll give it a six as well, mainly because it's about as close to the middle as I can get but i'm i don't i don't I more like it than I dislike it, but it didn't didn't really impact me very much you either i don't think i uh, can't think of anything really that um, that i that I loved about it so so second arc. We have, uh, let's see, what was that called? The Capture of Nuke Gunray. So that includes the Jar Jar section. It includes the Jar Jar Pretending to be a Jedi section. It includes the um, the Ahsoka Ventress Luminara section. And it includes the Lair of Grievous section. So three pretty distinct episodes there, but that all are tied into the Nuke Gunray plot. Uh, Drew, why don't you start on this one?
1: I'm going to give this one a solid uh, 7.5. Um, I enjoyed Ventress, the battle with Soka, Luminara. That was enjoyable. Um, I enjoyed the introduction of a little bit of the character development of Newt Gunray in the, the first one. And then the Grievous Lair episode was really interesting to me on a lot of different levels. Gave some good backstory of Grievous. And so... Uh, I, I really appreciated that from the series, going to a little bit more character depth for him there.
2: I'll give this one an eight. Um, I loved the lightsaber stuff in the uh, in, in 109 in Cloak of Darkness. I really liked the Jar Jar uh, stuff in Bombad Jedi, and then I really liked the insight that we got into Grievous and the relationship between Grievous and Dooku in. Yeah. In layer of grievous so that's an that's an eight for me i didn't think it was like amazing uh like a nine like i think a nine would be for me but but i did like it
0: a lot john yeah i'm, I'm right at an eight as well and and for, for a lot of the same reasons but it, it made me appreciate the jar jar dynamic a little bit more um and then I, I i want to know more about grievous i have wanted to and and that started to help fill in some of the gaps about him and, and develop this character a little bit more. Uh, and so it did add to the star Wars world a little bit for me. Uh, and so I'm going to eight. show.
2: I will say all three did have all three of those episodes did have characters that I wasn't a huge, fan of. but um, maybe not the first, although I don't love Padme, but two of those characters were dead by the end of the episode. So that kind of <laughs> was okay. I didn't like the, you know, the, uh, the trooper guy, I can't remember what he's called anymore, the Senate commando. And then I didn't like, the, the brand-new Jedi Knight, but uh, they killed him off, so it wasn't really negative because I don't have to... <laughs> right, Dooku duology. Uh, I'll start on this one. Um, the So this is Dooku getting, getting uh, captured, then dealing with the pirates, and then everybody getting rescued by Jar Jar. I'm going to give this another six. I, I liked the pirates. So I like to get introduced to the pirates. There were a few moments that I thought were, were neat. But overall, it was just a little bit better than than that to me. Um, maybe I could give it like a 6.5 or something. Somewhere
0: around 6, 6.5. John? Yeah, so I'm uh, probably a high 6. Uh, I, I, I like the references to the, the creature. I'm drawing a blink on the name now, but the reference to the creature that was brought up in uh, empire and so that that adds a lot to to its ranking to me if not i'd probably be closer to a five with this one um that i did like i i i like as i mentioned earlier i like the pirates i like that that look um i like the that race of people i guess you call it that creature um i uh, honestly the 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 parts that kind of brought it down for me was what we talked about with the drinks the drink swap, and then it was like, oh, they're back, uh, and then them being tied up with Dooku, and Dooku not killing them. And I know he did say he didn't want to drag their bodies. Um, he could shoot fire from his hands, or not fire, lightning from his hands. So either them not taking advantage of that situation, or him not, and them not fighting. Uh, it bothered me. I felt like they were both sides were too civilized seeing all the trouble that they go through know, between these characters. Sure. I agree with that.
2: I might even lower it for me a little bit. I'm probably a solid six. That's a good point, John. That was a, that was a little bit unconvincing dynamic. It was like, are you, why are you guys so civil right now on both sides? And why are you working together? I, I guess I mentioned that a little bit already with the not understanding why they weren't just going to wait for him to get captured. Anyway.
1: And I'm going to go just a little bit higher. I'm going to say a 7.5 and I want it to be even higher than that. But for your, your point, John, that's, that's so true. Um, they were too civilized. They, you know, and I guess a lot of it made sense. Um, you know, Duke you not know, wanting to drag the body around, but at the same time, he could just use, you know, lightning to be done with it. Um, but their interaction to me, the the Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan interaction was so fun. You know, that was a pretty rough landing, Anakin. Well, if you had shot that second ship, you know, it's just like the bantering back and forth. It was fun to me. Uh, them bantering back and forth with Dooku in the cell. Um, that, that was entertaining to me. The pirates were fun. I enjoyed getting to see them. Um, so I really enjoyed this. The the duology there it's the the character interaction was fun for me
2: next week we will watch three arcs into one episode a one-off episode i don't know if you can call it an arc it's just one episode long i guess you can this week we will watch i don't know how to say this name uh ayla sakura duology ayla sakura duology two episodes that's 113 and 114, Jedi Crash and defem- Defenders of Peace. There will be a one off episode called Trespass uh, 115. And then we'll watch 117 and 118, which uh, make up the Blue Shadow Virus Duology. And you'll notice we're skipping 116. 116 we've already watched, um, but the Blue Virus Duology. Um, First episode's called Blue Shadow Virus And then Mystery of a Thousand Moons I like that episode title Uh, Then we'll watch the Ryloth Trilogy 119 Storm Over Ryloth 120 Innocence of Ryloth And 121 Liberty on Ryloth Um, You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com You can find us on Facebook and Twitter Uh, You can leave us a review on iTunes, uh, and thanks for listening. We got
0: a Russia listener.
1: (laughs) I actually thought the scavenger voice accent was a little bit Russian. (laughs) And
0: with that statement right there, we just lost whatever listener we had.